Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. But this is life. Even as if you are laying down and you're not able to breathe by yourself, they hook you up to a machine and that machine begins to breathe for you. It's called a ventilator. It breathes for you. It gives you air. And that air is what's keeping you alive. This is the same thing. Am I trying to exalt myself as a pastor above measure? No, I'm not. Because the words that I speak to you are the words of Jesus Christ. The words I speak to you are that of the Bible. That's why I always tell you guys, make sure that you're reading what I'm telling you. According to John uh, 6.33, this is what Jesus said. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And I can imagine when Jesus said it, he wasn't saying it all kind. Because there's so many times as a pastor, and I'm sure even Jesus was telling people stuff, and they wouldn't receive what he said. They nod their head, and they give them an amen, but they go and they do something even after Jesus told them. Don't do it that way. And they do it anyway. So I'm telling you today, once again, the words that I speak to you are the words of Jesus. They are the words of God. Therefore, I speak to you today life. The Bible says, God said, I will give you life and life more abundantly. We're not living an abundant life because we're not receiving life. And that life is the word, and the word is Jesus Christ. Now, these words are only going to be life if you apply them. Amen. It's like medicine. You can have a bottle full of medicine and it doesn't do you any good until you take it. Your gym membership doesn't do you any good until you start going to the gym. (laughs) The diet that you started and didn't finish will never work until you apply it. The funny part about that is if we go into diets is diets are good and we, we get to a certain goal and once we get there, we forget about the diet. Not really that diets are really meant to be lifestyle changes. The Bible and the words of God are not for you to get to your specific goal, which means get you out of trouble. We're using the word of God as a diet. I'm going to use the word of God until I get to my goal because I'm, I'm a little uh, uh, secularly overweight. I'm, I'm, I'm in this trouble, so I'm going to start doing the Word of God. And once I get to my goal, I'm done with my diet. I'm done with the Word. But that's not what God wants us to do. We have to be obedient. Somebody say obedient. Obedient to God's Word. Now, I want you guys to listen very, very carefully. Partial, delayed, and intermittent obedience is disobedience. Can I say that again? Partial, delayed, or intermittent obedience is is disobedience. It's like, you know, you tell your kid to clean the room, and they pick up one thing, and they go, I did clean the room. No, you didn't. You're being disobedient. And disobedience will cause you to live a life of loss, lack, and insufficiency. Now, I I don't have to have you guys right now raise your hand, but I, I, I do 
know, and I, I just as a pastor, I know the Bible commands me to know the state of the flock, but there's some people I know in here today that are living a life. They love the Lord and God has blessed them, but they're still in a state of lack. They're in a state of lo uh, loss, and they're also in a state of insufficiency. They don't have enough. It seems like the more that they're working, the less that they have. Hmm. Maybe it's because we haven't been obedient. Turn to Judges chapter 6. I'm going to read a familiar story with you in the Bible, but I want us to look at it at a different angle. Judges chapter 6, starting at verse 1. It says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of, the, of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made for themselves dens, uh, the caves, and in the strongholds which were in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had sown, the Midianites would come up, and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Verse 7. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, when they prayed and they cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from out of Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Let me read that last part again. Just this: You have not obeyed my voice. Now, I wish I had a full day just to preach this portion of Scripture, but I don't. But I want us to learn a quick lesson from this. Because here we have the chosen people of God, blessed, highly favored, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost, living under God's blessings, but something happened to them because they have not obeyed the voice of God. Now, as we read this, we see that the children of God were being harassed. They were being oppressed. They were being persecuted. They were being overwhelmed and afflicted by their enemy. Now, listen to this. Not because they were blessed and highly favored. Not because they were called. Not because they were chosen. Not because they were anointed. But the scripture tells us in verse 10, you have not obeyed my voice. Somebody say obedience. Okay. God's people were experiencing trouble because of their disobedience. They weren't being punished for their disobedience. Listen very carefully. They weren't being punished for their disobedience. They weren't reaping. I mean, they were reaping from their bad mistakes. See, everybody thinks when 
you do something that goes against God, that God punishes you when bad things happen to you. That's not the case. God's mercy triumphs over his judgment. We serve a good God. We serve a loving God. But the Bible tells us, you know, that when you make some bad decisions, you're going to have to reap from those bad decisions. Now, this is happening to this day. God's people aren't experiencing God's blessings because we aren't listening to God's word. Now, yes, you're coming to church, but are you serving? Yes, you're serving, but are you praying? Yes, you're praying, but are you tithing? You can't be obedient in one area and be disobedient in another. Partial disobedience, I mean, partial obedience is what? Disobedience. Disobedience moves you from under God's umbrella and puts you out exposed to what can happen in the world. When you're obedient, it keeps you under the umbrella of God's blessings. Now, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you make some bad choices, which means you choose not to do what God tells you, then you can expect to reap that bad choice. It ain't God's fault. It's like if I'm walking and it's raining and I have this huge umbrella and it's raining, you get wet unless you're under the umbrella. But you decide to step from under the umbrella and get wet. Mike, I didn't want you to go from under the umbrella. I wanted you to stay close to me and stay dry under the protection of my umbrella. But you made a choice to go out and get wet. And when you get wet, you get cold, you're exposed, you can get sick, and you could die. God wants you to stay close to him so you can stay under his protection. Now, I do have a sense that there's been a lot of people in here that's been working much, toiling, laboring, and the harvest that you're gaining is adding up to the work that you're putting in. Can I get an amen with that? Somebody say crumbs. Yeah. A lot of us are working hard, and that's what we're getting. It's like at the end, after we get done working, we're putting in all the kind of overtime, and then we get the paycheck, and it's like, who's FICA? That's an old one, y'all. Yeah. You seem to be having to pay everybody else, but you can't even pay yourself. It's like, I am not reaping what I've sown when it comes to my work. Today, I want to talk to those of you that are in here today that feel like quitting. I want to talk to you guys that, that feel like throwing in the towel. I want to talk to somebody that's asking themselves, where did I go wrong in all this? Am I, at my, am I at the wrong job? Am I at the wrong school? Am I in the wrong profession? I want to talk to you today. And I, and I know a lot of times that, that hard times come and they hit us, and, and some of those hard times will make us bitter. And for other, others of us, it makes us better because hard times come, and, and a lot of times when hard times come, it drives us to the feet of Jesus. And, and for other people, hard times come, and, and, it, and it pretty much makes them bitter. And when they get bitter, it makes their faith of no effect. So now they no longer have any faith because they don't feel like, well, God's not doing anything for me. And, 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 and it seems like there's people also that are in here that are experiencing way more than their fair share of hard times. Sometimes you look around and you're like, am I the only one going through everything all the time? As soon as I get out of one jam, I'm in another jam. Or I'm in one jam, and before I can get out of that, another one happens. But let me ask you to do something for me today. I need you to do a self-examination. 
Not a, ne- uh, not a checkup from the neck up. But I need you to do a heart check. I need, to ask, I need you to ask yourselves this. Where am I being disobedient to God's word? It's not a question that I can answer for you. These are one of these things that you have to go before the Lord and say, Lord, where am I not obeying your word? Why am I reaping hell in high water? He'll answer you. You just got to be able to listen. Now, as we look back at at our verse and text, and we see in verse 2, we see that the people of God were forced to move to the mountains and live in strongholds because their enemy, the Midianites. Now, it reads this. It says, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are in the mountains and the caves and strongholds. Now, one thing we must understand about this example, it's not necessarily a bad one. When you look at it as an allegory, we have to remember that when you get, when you get in trouble, you have to go towards the hills, which cometh your help. See, they made, they made strongholds, and the Bible declares that Jesus is our stronghold. He is our fortress and our refuge. He is our high tower. So here we have an an analogy of even when the children of Israel were being disobedient and they were reaping what they were sowing, then guess what? They still knew to go towards where their help came from. It's our enemies that will make us draw closer to God. But I need to remind you, all this trouble was happening to the children of Israel to the children of God, to the chosen ones. Why? Because they have not obeyed God's word. Verse 3 and 5, 3 through 5, we see that every time the people of God worked hard and sown, their enemies would show up to reap where they haven't sown. Now, why was this able to happen to God's chosen people? Because they have not obeyed God's word. You guys hearing a a theme here? Disobedience. That's like you working for two weeks. I mean, I don't know if anybody ever works two weeks. And your paycheck comes, and it says zero on it. But somebody else at your job got your money. The person you don't like got your money. Anybody have any at work that they don't like. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. God sees you in your own videotape. How is it that I work so hard and it seems that I'm paying more taxes and more fines than I get to take home? (laughs) I guess you guys don't even know who the tax man is. I'm going to talk to somebody today that knows what it's like to work hard for a harvest and reaps nothing. They only get a, a, a gain of hardship. It's like, I want a harvest, but you're getting a hardship. I'm going to talk to people that pray for a breakthrough and only got a breakdown. I want to talk to those of you that have sown generously but reaped sparingly. Is there anybody in here like that? Does anybody know about a, a, a garnishment being more than a leafy green piece of vegetation on your plate? At a restaurant, just, just as a side note, wh- wh- why do they decorate my plate with a garnish? They can't decorate it with just another piece of shrimp or something. You, you, you know what I'm saying? It's for decoration. Decorate it with a piece of steak. Guys. 
Praise God. As we move further into this famous story, this Bible, listen, most Christians know about this, this, this story. It's, this story. It's, it talks about the glorious victory over the hordes of the Midianites by 300 Israelites led by an unlikely named man, a man named Gideon. Now, though this is true, we need to look at this picture a little bit more deeply to see what God had to create. God had to create a way for Israel to get from under the curse of disobedience by giving them something to be obedient to. See, a lot of times we think we can pray our way out of curses. That's not the case. You can only stop the curse from, uh, of disobedience by being obedient. If you're taking notes, write that down. You can only stop the curse from disobedience by being obedient. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, it says, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. If you've been disobedient, the only way to stop the harvest of disobedience is to turn around and be obedient to what God's telling you to do. We see that God called this man, his name was, well, he was a boy named Gideon. Now, this is a side note. Do you guys know that Gideon, that name means destroyer, mighty warrior, the feller of trees? Now, it's funny that Gideon was not even living up to that name. <laughs> Gideon was hiding in a wine press, but yet his name means mighty warrior, but he was scared. Not only was he scared, he was young, he was weak, and he lacked faith. The Bible states specifically, he was hiding from his enemies in a wine press, threshing wheat, because he wanted to keep what he was working for. Because he knew when the enemy showed up, if they seen what he had, they were going to take it. You guys know what that's like, right? When, when it's late night or early in the morning, nobody's around, and you're fixing yourself a grilled cheese sandwich just for you, and, and it smells all good, and then all of a sudden you put it on your plate, you sit down with the little Kool-Aid right next to it, you're about to eat it, and then the kids show up. What's that? Is it good? You guys know what I'm talking about. The wife looks at you, comes up and stands, and we want to take a bite of it. You want to take that sandwich and go eat it somewhere. You want to go hide in a room because you work for it. But the vultures always come flying around trying to pick at your meal. Back off. But anyway, in verse 25 and 26, God gave specific instructions for Gideon to follow. Listen, specific, detailed instructions. One of the instructions that he told him was, tear down the false god of Baal. Then he said, make a sacrifice. Then he said, build an altar for God. Now, I don't have time to break all this down and get into it, but, what, you know, there's sometimes there's things in our lives that become God that cause us to be disobedient to the one and living true God. You know, for instance, one of the biggest guys that we deal with is called mammon. It's money. And because we seem not to have enough of it, we will fail to do what God told us to do with it. 
Yeah, it's getting a little tight here. It's getting a little tight. Okay. Uh, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. If I'm lying to you, I'm dying. But right now, I'm telling you, this is the word of God. God tells you to do something. It, it's, it's hard to love on somebody that's done you wrong. But God tells you to. And you don't do it because you're disobedient. Because you raised up a God called Baal, which is self. God says, tear down that false God. You have to recognize it, identify it, then tear it down. Then the Bible told him to make a sacrifice. The sacrifice they wanted him to make was yourself. Present your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. See, God wants us to sacrifice. Once we identify the God that is above the, the one living true God, Jesus Christ, then we have to learn to understand we have to dedicate and sacrifice ourselves to him. Then the Bible says build an altar for God. Now, I love this because the altar is the place for sacrifice, which means if I'm going to have you build an altar, that means I want you to continually sacrifice there. Not only that, I need you to put that altar in the place where you used to worship that false God. Yeah. See, some of us have that, 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 that false God of, of mammon and that false God of self. And God says, listen, I need you to build an altar, a place of sacrifice where your money used to be or, or where yourself used to be. And I need you to worship me there. Put me in the place of your false gods. Then he told him, get rid of the extra baggage. How many people got extra baggage? You can raise your hand on that one. Yes. Extra baggage. Well, you're like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, in Judges 7, Gideon rallied up. After he got, he, he fleeced God, and he was trying to say, okay, God, you want me to do all this? Okay, then, then what I need you, you, know, you guys do that. Say, Lord, if that's you, I need that person to look at me, blink three times, and do a backflip. Then I know it's you, and I'll go speak to them. That, that's fleecing God. And, and, and we get that from Gideon because Gideon told God, if it's you, then I'm going to put this fleece out there. And, and on the morning, I want there to be dew on it. And then he did it again. Well, the next morning, I don't want there to be any dew on it, but dew on the grass. And God did it for him because his faith was weak. He wanted to build his faith. But anyway, after his faith was built up, after he decided he wanted to do something, he says, look, man, I'm about to get in a fight with a bunch of people that I can't even number. The Bible said they, you couldn't even number them and their cattle and their camels. You couldn't even count them. So God tells him, he says, listen, listen, go and get you some people to fight. So he's going to do what he thinks is natural. Well, we got a bunch of people to fight, so I need to go get a bunch of people to fight a bunch of people. Make sense? I'm going somewhere. So he runs out. Gideon runs and he goes and he gets at least, what is it, uh, 22,000? 30,000. He had 30,000 people, something like that. So he got 30,000 men. I was like, man, we could do this. 30,000 people. That's a big army. We're going to go out. We're going to tear down some Midianites, some Malachites, and whatever ites there are out there. We're going to get them. We're going to tear them down. But God said, no, 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 no. That's too many. What do you mean, God? He said, I said, that's too many. So he said, okay. So he gave a quick speech. And after he gave a quick speech, 22,000 people left. He was left with 10. 10,000 people to fight a numberless, numerous, you can't count them, countless army, a countless horde of people. He just couldn't count them. And in verse 7, 4, and it says, the Lord said to Gideon, their people are yet too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will try them for thee there. 
And it shall be that whom I say unto thee, that shall go down with thee, they shall go down with thee. And to whomever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. Thee. In the thee, thee. Watch this, though. So you guys know the whole thing about them being down and drinking water and the lap, ones that lapped like a dog and then the ones that brought the water up to their head. God did this whole little test and showed them. Well, after he was done with that, he was down to 300 men. The 300. Oh, thank you. I was waiting for one person to do it. Spartans. See, a lot of times, you know, all these people don't realize that these stories that we watch on, on TV are all biblically based. Is it, Gideon had the 300 before, uh, what, what's his name? Leonidas. I, I'm sorry. You can, we can fight that. We can talk about that all day. But he had the 300. God said, get rid of the extra baggage. You would figure and sense in my carnal mind that if I'm going to fight something, God, that, is, that I can't even count, I'm going to need as many people as I can get to back me up. But God says, no. You don't need that. What I'm about to tell you to do is going to require faith, one. The other thing is, if you would have went with all that many people, you would have thought you were the one that won the fight. God said this. He said, listen, the reason why I want you to go fight with 300 is this. God wanted to remind Israel that their victory could only come by being obedient to all. Somebody say all. All of God's word. All of it. God could have easily from the beginning looked at him and said, these are the 300 men I need you to take. Probably would have took a couple weeks off the whole fight thing. But no, God said there was instructions because you've been so disobedient over these years. I got to set up a way for you to be obedient to each thing that I tell you so that you could work your way out through obedience from under the curse of disobedience. It's a process. If he told him to do one thing, it's not going to break the curse of the several things that they were disobedient to. God says, I'm moving you from out of darkness into the marvelous light. And what we don't realize is, is that sometimes we're so far in darkness that it takes a long walk through the darkness to get in to the light. Woo. Number two, he said this, no matter how difficult, no matter how impossible, no matter how hopeless a situation is, if God told you to do it, He's going to see you through it. If you're obedient to his word. I'll give you guys a quick, you guys heard me. I'm, I say this and I say this again. Is that I remember the time that Kai and I were broke as a joke. I, I guess to be, I guess to say it to be holy, we should say I was in between blessings. Hallelujah. I was in between the glory and the blessings of God. And we had a little bit of money left. And I remember when the Lord told me, give it. I said, okay, God. Uh, but this leaves us with nothing. Zero. I know it was God that told me. First of all, it wasn't a pastor that convinced me because I was a pastor at the time. And I remember I stood before the congregation, and I said, I'll never ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. 
God's told me to do this. I'm telling you this, one, to encourage you that God's word is true. Meanwhile, I'm saying this not full of faith. I'm just saying. I'm being honest. I just, I trust God. I, I trust him, but honestly, I had some doubt. But my obedience was greater than my sacrifice. And I went, and I remember walking, and I, I love my wife. She didn't question it. She just looked at me. She said, I trust you. If you're hearing from God, do it. And I remember dropping it in the box. I dropped it in the box, and you guys heard the story. And I said, and do you know the next day, the next day, absolutely nothing happened. <laughs> Week later, nothing. Month later, nothing. Hungry. No food. Going to people's houses during dinner time. Showing up like we, you know, hey, oh, you're eating dinner? I'm sorry. Oh, sure, yeah, we'll come in and eat. Nah, not a problem. <laughs> this is a true story. This is not a lie. This is true. But it took, like, I think it was three months. I think it was three months later after that. God began to pour us out a blessing. But it all happened because we were obedient. You guys, when I talk about a blessing that we didn't have room enough to receive, God gave us favor. God gave us, God gave us favor. I'll tell you right now, Bibi's uh, a witness to it. Because at that point, we were able to go get a house. And we got a hold of Bibi and we found a house that, that was exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ask for or think. And then God turned around when we gave them the price that we were going to agree upon. They agreed upon it, and God turned around and made a way to drop the house down $15,000. God will get you out of that so you can start experiencing the blessings that he has for you, but only if you're obedient. It looks difficult. I, I, it looked like it was impossible. God, how are you going to bless me if I give up? I'm, I need this money to live. This is all of my living. Like the widow that had two mites, the Bible said that all she gave all her living, which means she had no more money coming in. She gave it all. And that's what happened for us. And God opened up the windows of heaven, poured us out a, a blessing that we didn't have room enough to receive. It looked difficult. It looked like it would never happen. But God said, if you be obedient to my word, I will bless you. Now, getting back to our text, in verse 6, it says, The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, this, listen, you guys, because I, I want to try to explain to you what you need to do if you've been being disobedient to God. The first thing that they did, remember we talked about they said they went to the hills. They knew that they still had to go to the hills, which come with their help. But the Bible states in verse 6, it says, That they cried out to the Lord, which means they repented. God, I'm sorry. Please help me. And God heard their cry. Now, listen to us. Some of us in here, we need to start praying and repenting for our disobedience to God's word. And we don't need to be praying all quiet either. We need to be praying like somebody stole something from us. Some of us, okay, God, we just thank you today. Um, we ask you, Lord, just forgive me right now for me. No, some of y'all mean be like, God, I was wrong. Forgive me for not listening to you. The funny part about that is, is do, do you realize it said they cried out? It didn't say, and they began to pray solemnly. They cried out. And when they cried out, 
God heard their cry. Now, in chapter uh, 6, as I bring this to a close, chapter 6, verse 8 through 9, I'm going to read this part, and then I'm going to bless you guys. Chapter 6, 8 through 9, it says, then the Lord sent a prophet. He sent a prophet unto the children at the Building Christian Fellowship. Which said unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you from out of drug addiction. I brought you from out of lack. I brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of your enemies and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Well, saints, today I want you to do me a favor. I want you to allow me to be that prophet for you today. You guys going to allow me to be a prophet to you? to speak the word of God, to prophesy over you. Can you guys do that? All right, I want you guys to stand to your feet. First of all, the Bible said that they repented. So collectively, because I don't need you guys to sit down and tell me that you're experiencing lack. Because I know there's some of us in here that are. And I know that all of us have been disobedient to God's word continually. And we're not experiencing what God has for us and desires to give to us. So right now, we're going to pray that, God, that we repent. So, God, we come before you right now. We repent of all disobedience. We promise to walk according to you, to your whole word. Lord, help us not delay. Help us not be partial Lord, help us not be intermittent to your, to your word, but let us do your word. Let us apply your word. And we thank you for your mercy and kindness for now not allowing us to be consumed by our ignorance and our arrogance and doing it our way. And Lord, we thank you for that. We receive your forgiveness. Now, saints, receive these words of life that I speak over you. Your storms will pass and your trials shall turn into triumph. I come against the locust, the moth, the cankerworm, rust, and the Midianite and say that the blood of Jesus is against you. I pray that everywhere you sown, that you will receive a double portion in your harvest. I pray right now an enlargement of your territory. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I am confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I pray the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Your homes, your jobs will be blessed. Your children shall be called blessed. Even the food that you make shall be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, whatever you put your hand to shall be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies this day. They will attack you from the uh, from one direction. They may attack you from the east or from the west, but God says he will scatter them from seven different ways. The Lord will guarantee a blessing upon everything you do and will fill your storehouse with plenty. The Lord your God will bless and release a harvest to you today in Jesus name in Jesus name and if you believe it give God a praise thank you for tuning into our podcast today and if you would like to know more information about our church please visit thebuildingcf.com 
or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.